This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Embrace your possibilities. possibilities. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast, and my name is Andrew Jobling, and it's great to be here for another week. I've just had an incredibly inspiring and moving conversation with Mr. Martin Henry, who has got an incredible story, and he's been on an amazing journey. And I'm not going to give away too much in the introduction, other than to say, from a successful business background, now works in the health and fitness space. But when you hear about some of the challenges he and his family have experienced, and what they experience every single day and how they live every day with positivity and joy is going to be incredibly inspiring. It's going to help you with whatever you're dealing with, help you just keep moving forward every single day and living a life of freedom that is yours to take should you want it. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this wonderful conversation with Martin Henry. Martin Henry, how wonderful to be here with you. Hey, Andrew. It's a great pleasure for me too, mate. This is so cool, mate. I love that we're about to have this conversation and I know it's going to be full of inspiration. It's going to be full of thought-provoking ideas. And certainly I know your passion and purpose on this earth is to help people break free from the things that are holding them back or keeping them stuck or whatever. And so I know it's going to be an awesome conversation. So, mate, thank you. I really appreciate having some time with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it was great to have a little time ourselves face-to-face the other day, and that was a really that was a really special time. That was, wasn't it? So yeah. for people listening, Martin is writing a book, and I'll have to crack the whip on him to get him back moving with his book. Yeah. And we've been connected for probably six months or so, well, I don't know, yeah. probably even getting closer to a year. And Martin's in Sydney. I'm in Melbourne, but I was in Sydney in January 2023, and I said, mate, let's catch up because that's where you hail from. So just happened that where I was going to be on a certain day was very close to where you live. So wasn't it serendipitous yeah. that we were able to catch up? Absolutely serendipitous. And, you know, we've had different lives, but we're not so different. You know, we're kind of similar ages and same hearts for um, many things in life. So, yeah, it was really good. We both look a lot younger than we really are. Oh, we're mate, very like handsome. Very handsome 30-year-olds. <laughs> we've got a lot in common. So, mate, you've had a pretty cool journey. I mean, you've got a very long and successful business background, which we'll touch on. And now you've transitioned yourself into the health and fitness space. So you're a personal trainer and you're just telling me you've just picked up a client. Did you say in Italy? Yeah, yeah. That'd be transient, but I regularly have clients in the Philippines and of course around Australia. Um, And then, of course, this is the incredible thing about being an online trainer now is that um, if a client's traveling, I just travel with them, you know? So this particular guy is in Venice actually. Yeah, yeah. For the five minutes ago, I'm training this guy on the the forecourt of St. Mark's Cathedral there in in Spain. He's showing me the gondolas. And look, it's a pretty cool gig, this teeing online, I must say. The great thing about the time we live in, mate, is we can do this now. Yeah. You're you're in Melbourne. I'm in Sydney. Here we are. We can chat. You can train people in Italy. I did an open forum last night for authors, which I run every month. And there was four continents represented yeah. On that forum, yeah. we had Europe, we had Africa, we had Asia, and we had Australia. And I'm sitting there and going, wow, what a world we live in that we can Absolutely. do this. Isn't and, that amazing? Yep. And I think just a point to start a conversation, 
it's important for our well-being that we don't simply rely on computers and screens. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people now are just they're so connected oh, to yeah. the computer that they miss out on the beauty that's actually outside and around and the nature that's there and the things they can do. It's absolutely that. I mean, my youngest son is a quite successful gamer. And so he's gone to many competitions. He's been to Sweden and, you know, um, so forth and so forth. His hours are ruinous. Like he literally gets up one o'clock in the afternoon and games until four or five in the morning. That's the life of a professional. Wow. So he makes money from gaming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He does well. Wow. I know. and That's a world I've got no idea about. Okay, so get this. This is going to blow your mind. It's changed lately, but he was a Red Bull-sponsored athlete, right? That's what they call him. And where does he play his games? He's got a desk, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, he's got a room here. Studio. Studio, high-powered computer. He's in his early 20s, and um, he's been doing it for a while. Look, he's part of what we'll touch on later, the health journey. He actually can't work per se because he's got this thing which might be Lyme disease, might be this. We'll talk about it later, but like the short is, this is the power of computers, though. Sure, on the one hand, you'd go, oh, look, he's not outside, he's not doing that. But on the other hand, a few years ago, he would never have been able to do anything at all. Whereas now, from his room in our house, he's gaining internationally. He's playing games and making money and getting sponsored. That sounds like a dream job for a lot of people. I'm sure there's people listening, or certainly the children of people listening would go, that is my dream. So you might be getting phone calls from people, mate, not to talk about health and well-being, but to say, hey, how do we get in touch with your son to work out how to be a professional gamer? Exactly. Forget you. Well, he appeared on one of those, uh, what does Snoop Dogg advertise? Um, What's that food, you know, that's delivery one? Is it Menu log. Or menu log. Menu log. He's been, he's done an ad with them and he's, you know, done lots of wow. stuff. So, you yeah, know, it's a real gig. But the thing that killed me with, with laughter was that they're called athletes. So he's a Red Bull sponsored athlete, which is just hysterical. He's got know. the fittest thumb in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. To be Two fair, thumbs. his reflexes are phenomenal. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. They are. We're making light of this, but it certainly takes focus. It takes concentration. It takes practice. It does. It, it takes a lot of stuff that any athlete needs to develop for them to be at a high level in their sport or profession, whatever it is. Anyway, mate, we did get off topic a little bit. Before we have our first little break, mate, just tell us what you're doing now. And then after a break, we'll get into a bit more of your background, your story, your transition yeah. into health and fitness, but specifically, what are you doing right now to really help people? Okay, so I spend most of my time as a personal trainer. I do train online, but I also have a studio. So people come to my studio and I also go to a park in North Sydney. There's a historical reason for that. So I'm, I'm in Sydney-based. I'm also a nutritionist, qualified nutritionist. So I have separate nutrition clients. And as you mentioned, I did run a business um, for years, so I do do a small amount of business coaching as well. Yeah, because you do have a, a very successful background there. So you said before we started recording, when I said, mate, what's your sort of message? What's your theme? And you said you want to set people free. Yeah. What do you mean? I want to whet people's appetite here. I want them to get excited about what they're about to hear in this podcast. What do you mean by you set people? No, no pressure then. <laughs> no, no, no pressure at all, mate. If this podcast bombs, we know exactly yeah. who to blame. We will know. We will know. Um, look, setting people free, it's a glorified way of saying that I, like everyone, has faced a lot of challenges. We're, we've had a lot of health 
challenges. We've also had a business that's, although it ended well, it was incredibly difficult running a small business. And one of the things that I've seen over the years that happens is that people get stuck. They get to a situation, whether it's their health, their marriage, their physique, and you know, you name it, um, the kids, where it's going so wrong, they just do not know how to move forward from that point. And so you just keep treading water and ultimately people go under. I have been fortunate to be surrounded by some great encouragement, great support, and to have made it through a lot of that stuff. And and look, you know, gee, I'm 61 and I'm saying I made it through. Life's not over. But you're just beginning, mate. You're only halfway. I'm just halfway. But I think that there's a few things that can help people get a little unstuck quicker. And I guess that's what yep. my passion is. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. So everyone that's ready to get unstuck in whatever that may look like for them, hang on because we'll be back after a break and we're going to find out how we can do that. Everyone has a book inside us waiting to be written and Adri Jobling can unleash the hidden author in you. Have you ever wanted to become a successful author and impact many lives? Andrew will support, guide and mentor you through the entire process and help you leave your legacy for the world. Contact Andrew for a free 30-minute chat about the influence you want and can have. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find the author in you. So, Martin, you've referenced a couple of times that you've got some significant health challenges within your family, and you mentioned your son, and I know your wife has suffered, and I'm not going to use the word suffer, and totally I'm off shooting again here. This open forum we did last night with authors, one of the guys is in the UK who has multiple sclerosis, and he said, the word I hate the most is when people say you're suffering with. Yeah. or you're suffering with a condition. He said it's the wrong word because what it does is it puts people straight into victim mode. I'm suffering from, therefore, it's a victim mentality. He says some of the greatest things in my life have happened as a result of me experiencing and living with multiple sclerosis. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. He's writing his book. So I was halfway through saying the word suck, and I realized I heard the voice in my head. Chris is going, don't use that word. All right, so. I'm going to, I'm just rewinding at the moment. So you mentioned that your family has had some health issues, challenges, adventures, whatever word we want to use. Now you have personally, yes, and your son and your wife. Daughter and other son. Okay, so it's effectively a family affair, this. Tell us a bit about, mate, and I'm not sure where you want to start the story. I'd love to hear a bit about your business and how that worked, but then how this whole family stuff has sort of tied in and how it's sort of directed you onto this path you're currently on. So I'll let you start wherever you feel like you want to start, mate. Cool. Well, I think there's a couple of backdrop things that would be really helpful to know. First is that my wife comes from a very unique family herself. So before any of our health challenges, she was in a family that had fostered and then adopted five children with spina bifida. Now, those kids were ranging from, you know, wheelchair to intellectual disabilities and so forth. So, so that was a was, deliberate choice for them to foster her, her parents. Spina yeah. bifida. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Felicity's mum had fostered 
short term or sorry I, what's the word for that anyway we'll, we'll call it foster short term lots and lots of babies for um the decision between it used to be that there was a decision for a, a mum she had 30 days to cool off when they're putting them up for adoption so she got into that but then they started to get these babies that nobody wanted because they were handicapped and it was a really different thing to place them so she ended up sort of saying well stay with me then and um these are you know really fine adults now they these kids are now up to 45 years of age and going down to about 35 in fact i hang out with them quite a lot so i'd come from this sort of family that had no exposure to this all i come into my wife's family and there's kids rolling around in wheelchairs and and the attitude is just no complaints there's no barriers there's nothing. It's like, you know, you're just getting to do it. It was just amazing, this attitude. They don't use um, the word suffering. Yeah, they would never use that word. They would never use that word. And, I mean, I've seen them have some unbelievable fights, literally life and death stuff for the kids. But it was just a can-do attitude. So Felicity and I, you know, in the backdrop of that, we we got married quite young. She, she was actually in her teens when I got engaged to her. And it happily has lasted. But within six months of getting married, she was chronically ill. And she was a student, a uni student. I was working, but she was still a student, you know, first year uni. And cutting the whole long story short on this, it was diagnosed as many things. It was diagnosed as toxoplasmosis, post-viral disease, yucky flu, ME, CFS, and on and on. But in the end, she had this debilitating pain really severe pain, like fibromyalgia-type pain, which some people know about that, and the chronic fatigue. And we went on just her sick for several years, and then she got a little bit better when she got pregnant with our first child, and, you know, life went on. But roll forward now, so she's always unwell, and we're always kind of the couple that say, look, we've got to go home early and all that sort of stuff. But then it got a whole lot worse because... My firstborn son at about 12 started to get ill and basically it became clear it's the same thing. Then my daughter, when she got to around that age, she came to the same thing. And then my third son, the gamer, who's a bit younger than the others, same thing happened to him. So this is how we rolled on. Then about five years ago, and this is really, it's really weird, we sought out really expensive treatment in Germany. And what they do is they heat your body up and it's supposed to kill off the bugs. It's horrible. But because of a test I had before I went over there, I had the same treatment as Felicity and Tim. We didn't all go because they're the worst ones. Anyway, it stirred it up in me. So then I went down really badly. Actually, it's longer than I realized. It's not five years ago. It's 10 years ago. So for the last 10 years, I have been battling this thing as well. So it's the same um, thing. You've got the same thing. Yeah. So what happened was the theory is that Felicity would have passed it to me through intercourse and to our children through birth. It's been diagnosed as Lyme disease. I don't get really hung up on that because that might be what it is. It also might be some other microbe no one knows about. We just don't know. But what we do know is that there's quite clear tests that you can have that we've had. We've probably spent in the hundreds of thousands of dollars on our medical journey so far. We're fortunate that I was a business person and had a business to do this yep. because there's no support. In fact, the prevailing attitude is it's in your head and um, if you just tried harder, which is the incredibly tough message because 
I know for myself, but it's worse my oldest son and my wife. If you try hard at something, the next day you're worse. You have to learn how to balance it. So well-meaning people, of course, are always saying, well, surely you could just go out and do this thing. It's not like that. The pain is phenomenal. I mean, I don't want to put, you know, this into too bad a perspective, but we've tried every available drug and it doesn't make a difference. I'm talking legitimate drugs, you know, and frankly, even medicinal marijuana is not a miracle for everyone either. It didn't do anything for us. And if you really, really, and you can delete this if you want to, but one of the latest painkillers that they're recommending is methadone, believe it or not. And that's a precursor for? Heroin. Heroin. Okay. Yeah. And it's used to get people off heroin. So you can actually get that prescribed to you now. And I mean, this gets really radical, of course, but even that doesn't help the pain. So the pain is almost uncontrollable. What sort of pain is it? Is it an ache? Is it a sharp pain? Yeah, all of that. It's all of that. It's in the joints a lot. A little bit arthritic or something. Yeah, that kind of thing. But for Felicity, it's a lot more than that. It's in her chest. She can barely breathe. It's also in the brain. It's an inflammation. I don't know if it's like a hangover or not, but it's like this inflammation where you get, actually, a lot of people know what I'm talking about now because COVID, I'm told, severe COVID can be like this. You know, this long, what are they calling it, long COVID? I've got no idea, mate. I'll pay. Oh, really? You don't? Okay, great. This is something you'll be interested in, Andrew. There's a whole cohort of people who are not recovering from COVID. They're staying with all of the symptoms from COVID and they're calling it long COVID and it can last six months to who knows how long. That is actually so similar to what we've got Mm. that finally there might be some funding and some interest in curious. Anyway, look, as I said, I could go on forever, but the long and the short is that it's completely debilitating. My wife and eldest son are fundamentally bedridden. And what I mean by that is that apart from a good day every so often, they will spend most of the day in bed. Yeah. Some days it's all day in bed. Yeah. Wow. That's definitely an adventure. So I guess, mate, the question is, if we come back to the message of the podcast, which is getting unstuck, how do you as a family do the things you want to do and live the life and feel like you've got some sort of meaningful existence with the constraints of these health challenges? Look, that's a great question. And I think there's a couple of ways that I, I would look at that. Firstly, and, and you and I discussed this, but both Felicity and I have a strong faith. And so that really underpins just for us the belief that, you know, the world is not some chronically bad place that's chaotic and makes no sense. We both believe in an afterlife and in a sense that our lives matter, that, yeah. that it's meaningful how we behave and so forth. So I guess you know, there's a, there's a sense there in which for us, that's a really critical basis. I think the other thing that has been wonderful over the years is that that story that I just told you is the facts, but it's not how we live. Just like that guy with multiple sclerosis that you talked about. Yep. Exactly. So for us, we have an open house. We have people around all the time. There's huge amounts of laughter. We have two grandchildren. One of them lives with us. And there's just never a moment that there's not someone else extra here Honestly, literally not a moment. I mean, not everyone would like it that way, but we've kind of got this amazing experience of living a couple of doors up from Felicity's parents that I mentioned who are just such amazing people. And so I guess the way it works is that everyone's got something. I think the thing that's hard about a chronic illness like this is there's no end point. There's no, oh, look, if I just take the course of antibiotics. And that's not the only thing. There can be, look, financial things can feel like that, that there's no end point can feel like, oh, I've just never had any money. I'm never going to get any. Or, 
my marriage is never going to get good. And I think that's the message we're talking about is we've just kept going and we've been able to find joy in the midst. I mean, I'm looking tears of joy in the background there, you know, plugging Andrew's book. But we have found so much joy in the midst of it. That does not mean that I do not want this thing finished. I want it ended like you would not believe. Of course you do. I mean, yesterday was Valentine's Day. We didn't do anything. Felicity wasn't well enough to even come out and watch TV. That's the realities of our Valentine's Day. It wasn't a good one. But who knows? Another day this week, we'll have friends around, we'll what have you. It'll be a wonderful night. So we've got this huge uncertainty of, is this thing ever going to shift? But within the midst of that, we keep, as people moving forward, we keep doing the things that matter, relationships, connections. Yeah. Wow. And it does, doesn't it? It magnifies what's important in your life. It It forces you to really hone in on what's most important. And also what I love about what you just said is that it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You can still find joy if you look for it. And I think, unfortunately, so many people look at what's wrong, what they can't do, what they've lost, what's been taken from them. And we saw that through COVID. We saw so many people respond and react so differently based on their focus. When you focus on finding the joy and the purpose and the meaning, you'll find it. When you focus on what you can't do, what you don't have, what you don't like, you'll find it. And that's the thing that's really going to determine the life that you live and your physical health ultimately as well. And look, I think that's been a big part of your message as well, because what I know of you and have read, we're preaching the same message, which is, yeah, you know, you can look, I mean, I think I told you what my favourite little two-liners is, two men looked out from the prison bars, one saw the mud, the other the stars. And that was quoted in the Dale Carnegie self-help book from like 1930. But it absolutely typifies how I try and approach life is that, I will get down, very down. In fact, I'll be completely honest. I've had to see a counsellor at times. I've had to go on anti-anxiety medication. There's a whole lot of stuff. I'm not trying to pretend, hey, look, I've got some miracle message. I will do whatever I need to do to keep going. So for me, that means being smart about sleep, exercise, food, you know, taking all the help I can get. I'm not someone who goes, oh, no, I just want to tuck this out on my own. So We've got to be smart about this. And the last thing I'd want to put out there is that, oh, we've got this big hassle and, but, you know, hey, we just completely live a marvellous life. We have terrible times. We have terrible times. This is the whole point. This is the whole point. We have times that you just feel like, I don't know how we come back from this, but we do. We do. We keep going. And I actually think there was one seminal experience for me that actually brings back in the business. So I'll say it. So if you don't mind me going down this tangent. No, that's fine, mate. Go. So I did law at uni. And when I came out, I realized that that was not going to be the right career for me. And so I joined my father's small business at the time. And that was weird, unrelated industry. And anyway, as the the years went on, I ended up taking over the business and swinging it to a different industry. But it wasn't gifted to me. I had to buy it. And it cost me a lot of money. And I'd already built it up. So it was a little bit frustrating, to say the least. And right about the time that I bought it, and, you know, it was was seven figures, so it was really tough to to do. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It wasn't a good deal. And, you know, my dad was a businessman through and through, and blood meant nothing to him on this. So (laughs) we'll leave that one at that. Leave that one alone. It was 
leave that one alone. But yeah, it, it was a tough few years. But what also happened was literally the time I signed on the dotted line for the business to be fully in my name and paid a whole lot of money, I went on a hike and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done physically in my life. And it got to the point where I literally did not think, despite the fact that I was fit, that I would be able to finish. It was, you know, I had far too much weight in my backpack and I wasn't an experienced hiker. And I remember that the only way I got out was to just literally trudge one step in front of the other and count them and then just count again and just keep going and keep going. What ended up happening was I actually walked out so strongly that I was able to take off my backpack, go back and help some of the other guys out. Yeah. And that was so critical to me because when I was running my business on my own and with this debt, there was a three-year period where we were really, really in bad way. It was, the, it was after that Sydney had the Olympics and business just stopped and we were overexposed and what have you. And every single day going to the office was basically to get nasty phone calls and... Debt collection. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I trudged it. I just went in every day. I turned up every day. I kept doing it and eventually it came good. And eventually I sold my business for quite a bit of money. And it could have been a really different story. I could have gone, this is too hard. I really should just declare bankruptcy. And, you know, that was a consideration. Um, of course. And I think that would be a consideration for anyone that is in that much debt. But again, that's the suffering mindset, isn't it? That's that victim mindset. That's that, well, I can't do anything about it mindset, yeah. which yeah. you could have done that, but it's never going to strengthen you or build you or develop your character or your resilience or your capacity. That's the wave the white flag kind of approach. Not that I want to put down anyone that may have there's reasons for bankruptcy, yeah. but yeah. if you don't have to go into bankruptcy, yeah. I think you better not to, because I know the same experience. I don't think probably anywhere near as much debt as you when I had a failed hospitality business, but for me, bankruptcy was never going to be an option. I was going to, same thing, mate, trudge yeah. one day yeah. at a time, just work yeah. and find solutions and finances and pay it off. I just think the takeaway from that is you learn about yourself over time and you actually learn, oh, I can actually handle this. And I think that's the discovery that I was so glad that I got at around 30 because I didn't know that then. I didn't know I had the goods. I thought I'd fold. Well, mate, you had the goods for sure. So hang on to those goods. We're going to have a break and we will be back shortly. Hi there. I'm Martin Henry of Martin Henry Fitness and I've been talking to Andrew today. If you're interested in training with me or perhaps some nutrition or any other coaching advice, you can contact me on 0410 303 or email me at martin at Love to chat to you, love to help if I can. My whole plan is to get you unstuck and living life to the full. Martin, what a wonderful example you are. Incredible. Wow, what a journey you've had, your health issues and then your business and the debt and for you to be sitting here with a smile on your face with such an optimistic attitude and approach to life is testament, mate. So well done. And before we give people some solutions and steps to break free, yeah, I think it's really important to go back to something you said in that last session and you said when you were struggling with all of the health issues, the family health issues, your focus was the things you could do proactively to improve your well-being, sleep, yes, yes, exercise. And I think, unfortunately for a lot of people, when they're under some kind of duress or stress or their challenges in life, that's the first thing people let go. A, they don't sleep. B, they run 
to alcohol or fast foods. They let go of exercise. They stop doing the things that will really help them probably most cope with what they're going through. If I'm eating well, I've got more energy, I can focus, you know, I'm exercising, I've got a release for some of that pent up emotion and pent up stress. When I'm sleeping, my body's recovering and regenerating. These are the things that no matter what you're going through, need to be a top priority. So let's just start here. If you're giving people some advice, if they're going through some kind of challenge right now, what are some simple things they can do just to prioritize their well-being? Okay, well, I'm going to start with something really we haven't even talked about this but i don't care whether it's tony robbins or any other positive person but start your day with somebody that's upbeat there's another lady called mel robbins there's a heap of these people but seriously i do not wake up always with the most positive thoughts in my head i can end up waking up and going oh man and it takes me a little while but we can choose our thoughts you and i've talked about this we can choose our thoughts so the first thing I would do to somebody who's going through a challenging time is get a voice that they can listen to, you know, whether it's a podcast that they like. I listen to one message 365 times in one year because this person talked about, it sounds silly, but her whole message was fear is false evidence appearing real. And you've probably heard that one, yeah. you know. Yeah. There's a million like it. But I listened to her every single day for a year because I was feeling fearful. I was wondering. So the first thing that I did was I put into my mind some positive thoughts, some encouragement, someone who was actually winning. Yeah, that's a great first step, mate. I love that. So put something positive into your head. I think the other thing just to go along with that, people say this all the time now, but it's very powerful, is just when you're in that mindset and then you stop and go, okay, what have I got to be grateful for? Yes. Despite everything that's happening in my life, despite the challenges, or even yeah. as a result of the challenges, what do I have to be grateful for? And I think those two things are going to obviously start your day in a much Well, funny way. enough, I'm so glad you said that because actually that's how I end my day. That's really good. So, so that's end- how you bookend your day. You have yeah. positive input at the start yeah, of the exactly. day. You have your gratitude at the end. Awesome. Gratitude at the end of the day. You reflect on, oh, I'm just so thankful for, you know, and that, so that's a really good point. Glad you raised that. The second thing is that you need a good morning routine. You need something to look forward to. I mean, if the days are tough, you've got to have something. So for me, look, it was silly, but it was a newspaper and a coffee to start my day. I know that's not for everyone. And perhaps what people want to hear is it was exercise. Well, no, it actually wasn't. That followed that. And look, this has changed over the years, but you've got to get yourself into that day. So you've listened to somebody really positive, whether it's on the commute or whether it's in the bathroom, doesn't matter. You're then doing something for yourself. You actually, you know, because you've got to be kind to yourself. This, this is, I think you picked up on this before, but I reckon for most of us, I'd like to put an arm around your shoulders and say, you know what? You're doing really well. Yep. This is really tough. And someone needs to tell you yep. you're doing really well. That's what I do with my PT clients every day. I am not a boot camp guy. I don't get there and go yell and scream at them to do 10 more. I'm like, mate, that was fantastic. You know, you only did five last week. You got six this week. That's a win. Yeah. Start today with a win. So if you can exercise in the morning, and that's my next go-to, start your day with a win. You've got to do some exercise. And see it as a win and celebrate it. And I think that's the other thing. People do stuff and they go, well, I should have done it anyway. Absolutely. Like like it's not a big deal. Well, it's a big deal. If you did it, you've got to celebrate it every day or else the next day if it's a chore and if it's hard work, you're probably not going to do it. As you said, something you love, something you enjoy, something for you. And once you've done it, do a happy dance, celebrate. Give yourself a high five. Tell someone, wow, look what I've done. 
Yeah, this is how started. Everything yeah. you're talking about is a big deal. It, brilliant. And, and look, you know, I, it, we're absolutely on the same page. And then, of course, then you're moving to food. Now, that's, <laughs> I'll really get on my nutritionist high horse here, but everybody knows this, but let's just clarify this here. Whatever your version of eating well is, you know, people are vegans, they're this, they're that, the other thing. We know that to eat well, I personally am not an intermittent faster. Uh, it can work for people and I'm fine with that. But for me, I'd rather have something in my stomach and have some energy and just keep it rolling. But in terms of what you were saying about looking after yourself and having energy, yeah, you don't want to start your day with a coffee and a donut. You want to start your day with, obviously, when going back, I start with a glass of water, of course, as well. Yeah. But good breakfast. And then basically, and we won't want to get too much in the minutia here, but have a couple of things you can pick off that day. You know how you're saying celebrate? Great. So there's a hard phone call you're going to need to make. We'll make the thing. Make the hard phone call early. Tick it off. The rest of the day is a win. Yeah, and that's what you were talking about before, about just trudging through just one day at a time, just ticking little boxes every yeah. day. The things that are uncomfortable that you know you need to do, but you don't necessarily want to do it, just do it. Yeah. Because you'll always feel good. We all know that. When the alarm goes off and the last thing you feel like doing is getting up and going for a walk, but you get up and you do it, you'll always feel better. The phone call, I know that phone call that you're shaking and the phone's like Absolutely. 20 kilos yeah. and you can't lift it. Once you've made it, go, thank goodness I've made that phone call and you always feel better. So I think that's awesome. Andrew, I don't know if you do this, but when I had to make difficult phone calls, I stood. I couldn't sit in my seat. I had to stand. I had to give myself some sort of, I don't know, whether it was posture or whatever it did, but it really worked. I'd stand up. I'd feel a bit more authority and make the phone call. Look, I don't know where this gets, but I'll throw this out at you because I know we've sort of come to the end. When I knew we were doing this today, I looked up something interesting because I am 60 turning 61. And I thought, I wonder what date 10,000 days is from now. And it was July the 1st, 2050. And I thought, 10,000 days is not even 30 years. I'm expecting to be alive. I mean, we talked about this. We're hoping to be alive well into our 90s. Mate, 90 schmighties. I'm going for three figures, dude. Three figures. Beautiful. So 10,000 days is not even 90. 10,000 more days we can get up and do this right. And Absolutely. you and I, we might get another 15. You've got people listening to this who might be having, I don't know, 90,000 days. Exactly. This is a really valid point. You're talking about 10,000 days or 15,000 days. And for people thinking, oh my gosh, 63 days of doing one thing, like get up, go for a walk, pick up the phone, deal with something every day and you turn it into an unconscious habit and you will do it for the next 10,000 days, 15,000 days for, or forever, how long you are blessed to be on this planet. So that Isn't day that at a time... And I think we better change the word trudging because that may be a little bit of a <laughs> painful connotation. What yeah. about striding through the day? Or Yes, I agree with that. But it's okay, though, that there are going to be some days that are a trudge. Yep. You know what it, I mean? It's just so, moving forward. You've just got to move forward every day, whether it's a stride or a trudge. Exactly. Provided some days are strides, some days are trudges. Exactly. And I think and even that, if they weren't, you got tomorrow. You absolutely. can do it all over again better. Yeah. I think even those days where it's a real trudge, resist the urge to talk yourself out of it. Resist the urge to let yourself off the hook and say, well, it's okay if I don't do it today, I'll start again tomorrow, because that can also become a habit, which can be an incredibly destructive habit. I think those yeah. days when you just can't be bothered, say, well, I'm not going to do much today, but I'm going to do something. Yes. And look, that comes back to your friend, the multiple sclerosis guy. His attitude is unbelievable. Let's face it, none of us. I wouldn't even put myself in the same category as someone suffering that for all that, what we've been through. That's a whole different journey. 
And he has learned that the way to approach that is not to talk about suffering, but to talk about the joy, you know, so that's a powerful, that's a really powerful story. It's more powerful than mine, but hey. I wouldn't say that, mate. I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, he's had to deal with his own struggles. You've had to deal with your whole family. And I don't think you can do any comparison because everyone's struggles, everyone's challenges are unique to them and they are relevant to them. And I think a lot of people go, oh yeah, when you look at other people go, well, I don't have their issues. So what's wrong with me? Well, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just a human being and we all struggle on a day-to-day basis and it's okay as long as you're moving forward every day. Yeah, that's And I think if you just keep that mantra to be free is what we're really talking about. You've got to move. If you stop moving, you're going to be stuck. You've got to move no matter how hard that yeah, might absolutely. be. Life is movement. If you're dead, you don't move. <laughs> exactly. So move, move, move. Yeah, anyway, move. mate, this has been so good. Martin, how do people find you? Maybe somebody in Italy is listening to this and they want to... <laughs> <laughs> a trainer or they want to talk to you exactly. or they want some coaching or maybe they're in business and they want some help and guidance how do they reach you look they could probably just google me martin henry fitness or even martin henry they should find me there my website is martinhenryfitness.com so look for me there mate thank you so much for this conversation it's been incredible really really appreciate your openness and your vulnerability and i know this podcast is going to inspire many many people just to keep moving forward every single day so thank you very much mate thank you for the opportunity it's been great what a wonderful conversation with martin henry that was what an inspiring man just down to earth and real and humble honestly when he's comparing himself to others and thinking well you know our problems aren't that bad when you've got your whole family dealing with this health challenge whatever it is that's incredibly debilitating and they're able to just find that joy and passion and purpose every single day that is incredibly inspiring and that just slaps me around and andrew get over yourself and your own issues because again i'm going into comparison mode going well i'm not dealing with anything like that so joy is just there for every single one of us if we open our eyes and look for it Joy, opportunity, purpose is there for you. Just open your eyes and look for it. If you would like to reach out to Martin, you can do that. Just go to his website, which is martinhenryfitness.com. What a wonderful man he is and so easy and wonderful to talk to. Thanks for being with me this week. Another inspiring podcast it was. Thanks to my guest, Martin Henry. I'm going to be back next week with another wonderful guest. And I hope you will join me. I hope you will share this podcast because this message is so critically important for every single person. I'll be back with you next week. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. Bye.